is Engineering Heroes. Welcome to Engineering Heroes, a refocused episode. My name is Melanie and my co-host and our podcast's resident engineer is Dominic. Now, today's episode is really pivotal for this podcast. You see, way back in episode 27 of season one, we spoke to an engineer called Dan Taylor. Now, Dan's hot topic was all about the need for engineers to step up into the spotlight and be seen. And it gave me this great idea of rebranding the podcast to be called Engineering Heroes. And you know, Dom? The rest has been history. (laughs) So Dan's come a long way in his career. He grew up on a farm, but he knew early on that farming wasn't for him and that he was amazed by the huge farming structures that are around him. So he decided to get into civil engineering. But when we spoke to Dan back in 2017, he was working as a principal design manager for Fulton Hogan. But not long after we spoke to him, he actually made the move to Copenhagen in Denmark and is now an associate director for Cowie in the International Bridges team. Now, I don't think we can claim the fact that Dan came onto our show was the reason that he got that job overseas. No, I can guarantee that that's not the reason that he <laughs> well, got that job just, overseas. The timing is remarkable. I'm just going to park that there. So we hope you enjoyed this refocused episode as we go back to such a pivotal episode for our series, a time where Dan Taylor shares with us the need for engineers to once again become household names. We've got to stop being humble and we've got to be bolder. And by saying that, I mean... Like I see it in infrastructure all the time that we design and we construct these amazing things, big roads, big railways, like huge bridges and wharfs and all sorts, yet we don't really put the people on a pedestal who did them. If you look back way back in the 1800s and stuff, you've got household names like you know Brunel and Stevenson and these amazing old engineers in Victorian era. But even now if you look at architecture, for example, where you can pick up a magazine on a plane and generally someone amazing will be profiled in there like Norman Foster or Frank Gehry or everyone knows of these people but they're household names so it's not Foster and Partners it's like oh that's Norman Foster you know there's a subtlety in that where people go they know who these people are they know that they can see their face so I think that they're really architects are great self-promoters and we really should take a leaf out of that I mean and their business models, they really rely on the ability to sort of showcase what they've done, be critiqued, and then get their profile out there. Yeah, and they have portfolio work that's, yeah. and that allows them to get more work. And Absolutely. Do, do engineers do that? Um, they definitely trade off the previous projects they've done before, but I don't think people ever really understand or know just what it takes for some of those projects that they've done. So, it, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a massive problem because there's some amazing feats of engineering out there. Like, and not to detract from the architects, but some of those beautiful buildings that are out there that are so well known wouldn't be standing up if it wasn't for the structural engineers who went in behind them or you sure. know, the services engineers who, who put everything together. I mean, we always say in regards to hydraulics, it's behind the wall stuff. And it's almost as though our engineering disappears as well because... No one realises it's there because it works so well and it's so hidden. But there are these brilliant minds who are doing these things Mm. that should be being given the accolades Mm. that they deserve along with everyone else. Yeah. I mean, 
I, th- I think some of these people tend to be buried inside big companies. So rather than say, oh, that's, you know, Dom DeJoy's job, it's that's EWFW. Yeah. You know, or that's, that's such true. and such inside such and such. So there's no reason why it can't be Dom DeJoy of EWFW, you know. Like it's, I think it's a subtle change. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, it's, it comes down a lot maybe to IP where usually a lot of contracts nowadays it's like if I create anything while I'm working with your company, the company owns it because sure. I will move to another job and that's a known. I will one day move to another job, but they want to own that. But, yeah, at the same time, I think that sometimes if you are a person of company A, then when they want to rehire company A, they'll say, I want that person yeah, in, exactly. in your company because they were great and they've done all this stuff. So it's trying to, you know, some of the smartest guys and girls, sorry, that I've worked with are so humble. There need to be a combination of really great promoters and really great engineers as well. And so to put it in perspective, you know, roughly with numbers, you're looking at, you graduate 25, takes about 10 years to get pretty good at a general sort of sense another 10 years to be a specialist in some sort of field like big bridges something like that so if you're going to retire about 60 because i reckon i'll be knackered by 60 so <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that gives you about 15 years when you're at the top of your game right so mm-hmm. if you're just waiting for work to walk in the door when you've got 15 years left at the top of your game and no one knows about you yet yet you're this amazing person who's so clever and could do all this stuff, well, then that's when you've got to say, that's the time. That's when you sh- your profile should have been high enough by then that people know who you are. Absolutely. Because yeah. you, you haven't got long. You know, you've, it takes a long time to be really, really great. It's like the 10,000-hour rule, you know, if you want to be a great spin bowler. You need to put in the time to get really good and then be at the top of your game. Yeah. Was that a cricket reference? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it's like spin bombing. What's that? Right, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and now Guess some of these big mega projects that you're talking, there's jobs in Sydney at the moment, $13 billion yeah. for like the Western Sydney Airport. That's an eight, nine, ten-year job. So just think about that in terms of your career. If you're on that job for 10 years, that's a that's a, that's big a chunk of yeah. work. Yeah. You know, so it's important to sort of swallow the humble part, show people what you can do, you know, be a be a Kevin McLeod of engineering. Be an Instagram star of engineering. I'm a little fangirl yeah. for Kevin McLeod, so I'm loving that. It really no, everybody is. <laughs> it's spreading the word and being really generous with your knowledge. It's no good yeah. cooped up inside your head. You're sort of trying to explain people about why we do stuff in pedestrian dynamics or construction staging. That's you know, that's what you gotta you gotta share. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Get it out there. With engineers we think we're most of the ones I meet are one into the scale or the other. They'll either willingly give up their time and their knowledge and they'll quite happily impart as much as they can with other people around them. And then you get these other people that just won't part with anything. Like they they won't train people. They, they don't yeah. want to let people know what's going on. They won't confer with colleagues. And I think we need to be more of the sharing end because... It's only through gaining knowledge through other people that you can sort of take that knowledge and put your own twist on it or, you know, rethink it or develop it or do whatever to it that's just going to make things bigger and better and, you know, just evolve to, to be something you never would have even thought you could you could do. And, you know, people, I think I've learned over the years that people aren't silly, you know. We can't hold back information thinking, oh, that's far too complex for someone to understand. If you just break it down 
and say, well, this is a reason why we're doing something like this. It seems obscure from the outside, but, you know, we might be talking about fatigue design on a bridge or something. And if you just break it down, you can describe what fatigue is. It's just bending something over and over again until it gets brittle. And that's sort of, that's it. So what's your a solution? I, uh, I struggle with a solution. Okay. Um, because it is, it, the industry, because it's so, this kind of idea of the humble engineer where you've just got this bank of knowledge, you just quietly say, oh, I think we should go in this direction. You're always sort of, you're not shouting from the rooftops, this is exactly what we should do and I'm, the, I'm right, you know, and everyone else is wrong. You mm. never do that. You know, you're going to no. sit back, listen to other people, and offer your opinion and say, you know, this is probably the best way to go and we've got to get out of that kind of pullback mentality somehow. But it's funny because at the same time in engineering, say you were trying to lead from the front, get this huge profile about being an engineer and you hadn't really done much, what's the rest of the industry going to say? Are they going to say, well, there's Joe Smith over here, isn't it? Well, they'll just wait for you to fall flat on your face or something like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the internal grapple that you've got to have done enough of your craft to have a fair idea about everything about what you're doing. And I don't know what that point is, you know, that, that switch over point, And that's the hardest thing I've, I've never been able to resolve is well, sort of it, thinking, when, when do you know enough? I was about to say, it, it's that timing, that tipping point where like, when are you the expert? Yeah. Yeah. And by that stage, you're a cactus and knackered and you're like, oh. Well, that's the thing though. You're always learning though as well. Sure. And, sure. you know, even if you're at the top of your game, you're always learning from somebody else. And you might feel like you're not there yet when actually people are learning from you as well. But, yeah, um, yeah so I agree. There's um, the point. That happens quite a bit because, you know, I'm 42 and I can still remember it was probably about two, three years ago now. I was sitting in a meeting thinking, man, I'm still so young. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know anything. And then I kind of looked around the table and I realised I was probably the oldest person there by about 10 years <laughs> and the greyest person there. Um, and it's just going, oh, hold up a second. Actually, I've been in this industry for a while now, haven't I? So yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, I've, I think I've started to know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And it takes so long yeah. before you even become self-aware that you've, you've got all that knowledge behind you, that you are the person that um, can answer those questions and hopefully help out on those projects and lead those projects. and. I suppose yeah. that maybe that's the point where you start going, right, oh, now I need to, Keep now that. I know that there's a, another generation coming in that, you know, going to be taking over, that now's my opportunity to offer the sage advice that I possibly can and sort of lead with the projects that I've got under my belt. Mm. I think yeah, you touched sure. a little bit on the solution, though. That's why I was wondering, like, if you had realised, because Dan was saying that engineers need to be able to communicate out like, you know, take a, yeah. a complex concept, uh, like the f- design fatigue, fatigue design, and break it down and and then take it to the next step and go, I'm, you know, I can do this and, you know, this is my speciality. And that's half the reason we started this podcast was to give engineers an opportunity to explain how good they actually are. They need a voice and they need to know how to communicate which is a skill that it's being asked for now, but traditionally has fallen by the wayside, I think. Yeah, and it's hard too because you're spending your, well, this is probably a more traditional sense of engineering, but you're really spending your first five, ten years 
you know, saying, just learning, just go and go and learn stuff, go and get good. And that's fine. And that's all. I don't know if it's still like that. That's what it felt like when I graduated. It's just sort of make mistakes and get better. And, and you know, it's you got to put that time in. But I don't know, maybe people learn faster now. I know. I, I, I doubt that. I still think, yeah, I always thought it was like it didn't seem to matter what you did. It was almost as though you were doing a trade. And it takes yeah. four years. So you come out of yeah. university and you realise that you learn quite a bit of stuff at university, but it doesn't necessarily apply to what you're you're doing and so yeah. you've got to learn it all well, you've got to learn it from the beginning it, you know it takes about four years before you start realizing what's going on and one of um i can't remember if it was andrew that we were talking to we were talking to someone earlier in the podcast and he was saying now it is a it's a real problem because there's such a shortage of engineers a lot of the younger engineers end up getting pushed along faster than they really should yeah. Yeah. and so they end up in positions where they should have spent a bit more time actually learning their craft before yeah. you know, trying to take on larger projects that they're just not going to be able to carry out. It feels a bit hairy when you sort of, you know, you can see that sometimes. Yeah. And you're yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's part of being senior is that you recognise that and you sort of, you just say, look, I think we might need to have a close look at this. Be careful. Yeah. And thank you for listening to another episode of Engineering Heroes as we present the new dawn of engineering challenges for Engineers Australia. Your hosts have been Melanie and Dominic Tajoya. You can view this episode's show notes and learn more about our podcast by visiting our website, www.engineeringheroes.com.au. If you enjoyed today's show, all we ask you to do is go and tell someone, either in person or write a review. It's that easy to show your support for engineers everywhere. We look forward to you joining us next week when we bring you another interview with one of our engineering champions.